common greeting in Israel, shalom, shalom to one another. And as we uh, come together, we greet you with shalom today. And we come to you in the name of Jehovah Shalom, our God who is peace. His very name is peace. He describes himself as a God of peace. And he is the Prince of Peace we read about in Isaiah chapter 6 and uh, chapter 9, verse 6. And he is the one who the angels announced that there would be peace on earth, goodwill towards man to all peoples. And that message of peace is what Christmas is all about. My nephew posted online, he's a PhD, graduated from uh, University of Rolla and works there at a hospital with research and stuff. And he posted online, he loves meteorology, and he posted online that the chances look really good this year for a white Christmas for us. <laughs> and so um, we're two weeks away in that forecast. And there's something about when the snows fall and it's, it's so quiet, you can hear, and, and there is a scientific reason for that, that there's such a quietness when the snow hits the ground. There, the word shalom is mentioned 250 times in the Old Testament. Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, peace be unto you. It was something that he gave, and peace is something that we can give to one another because we know Christ. And all throughout, whenever an angel appeared, like we heard last week in the message, that as we are all prone to do, we begin to freak out, and the angels have a message of don't be afraid, and then that message of peace would follow through. But we live in a world today where there's chaos, where there's turmoil, there's conflict, there's wars, there's divisions. In fact, Jesus, Jesus himself said, he said himself, he said when he was instructing his disciples to go out and be on mission, he said, don't think that I came to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. Because father will be against son and son against father and daughter against mother-in-law and, and relationships in the very home would even be affected because of their commitment to Jesus and the lack of somebody else's. And we all deal with drama in our homes and our family life, and we have those times where peace is just not in. In fact, Christmas sometimes tends to magnify that in the lives of many of us. There's an um, author from the 1860s, uh, back in the day of the Civil War, and his name was Henry Wadsforth Longfellow. And there's a movie out. And I've not seen the movie. I'm not making a recommendation on the movie, but it's a Christian movie, and it's based on the story of this guy's life and the song, I Heard the Bells Christmas Day. And I want to read to you the words to that song, but I want to tell you the story, what prompted the song as by way of introduction to our passage today. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was a poet. He was a beloved poet and author. And it was in 1861... On July the 9th, that his wife, he was already in bed asleep, and his wife was taking some wax and melting and putting a seal on something, and that, that fire caught her dress on fire, her hair, her whole body. She was engulfed in flames. He was awoken by her screams, and he got up and tried to put out the fire upon her, burn his hands and his face, and in the, and in the, and the, and the next day, she went into a coma, and she died. Here's what he penned three years later at the age of 57. 
said, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to man. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of, the, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then, till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned, a peace on earth, goodwill to men. If it was as if an earthquake rent the heart stones of a continent and made forlorn the households born, a peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song, a peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Man, that, that hit me when I, I was just out of curiosity, wanted to hear the story behind the song and what that movie was about. It was in the midst of the Civil War, and there was not peace on this continent. And that's the context of this, but also the very fact that he lost his wife, and he was going through an extreme grief. And people that are going through, through anxiety and even depression and dealing with the emotions of, of, of all the things where there's not peace, they're, they're, they're overwhelmed. That's the word that a lot of folks would describe that. It's such a sense of overwhelming that comes over them, over, being overwhelmed. And in fact, if you look in the Greek language, the word anxiety that's used throughout the New Testament when we talk about anxiety or anxious thoughts, it's the idea of, of having two things that are opposed to each other and just being stretched. It's like a double-minded man. It's like you're torn. And I, and I like to just illustrate it by Stretch Armstrong. Remember Stretch Armstrong? Stretch Armstrong was a toy in the 80s, and you got this real muscular-looking guy, and you could stretch him out just as far as he would go. The people that are going through these kind of things, especially during this kind of season that we're in right now, when we sing about peace on earth and peace and talk about peace, that's just the exact opposite of what they're going through right now. And they need to know the Prince of Peace, and they need to know the peace that only God can give. And as Billy Graham said, there's three ways to look at peace. There's peace with God. Romans 5.1 says that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because of what he did for us on the cross. In fact, Ephesians says that he is our peace. He was made peace for us. He tore down the wall. He became peace for us. But Billy Graham also talked about that there's the peace of God. And that's the peace that a Christian can know, the peace that passes all understanding. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It's beyond comprehension. It's a peace that as a believer you know, you may be going through some really tough stuff. You may be having chaos and, and division and, and strife and war and conflict and loss in your life. But at the same time, we can go through it knowing that we have peace. And it's a peace that passes all understanding. And then there's the last one, there's a future peace. There's a peace that will come someday because we live in this world and we know there's not peace yet, but peace is coming in the future because Jesus Christ is coming back, amen? You know, we talk a lot about the first coming of Jesus. And there was a man who said once, 
it's really kind of not right as we talk about the first coming when half the world has never heard of, we talk about second coming when half of the world has never heard of the first coming. And that's why there's a missions focus today. There's a focus on being on mission. And that's why the Lord led me to this passage to share with us today from Isaiah 52. So you got your Bibles. I'd like to invite you to turn to Isaiah 52. It'll be on the screen. And I kind of thought I was trying to do the math. I'm not real good with math in my head, but I was thinking that means I've got two, 260 hours to preach before that goes down to zero. Okay, no, that's not going to happen. Okay. But, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, there you go. That's not the way that reads. Um, but when we think about this passage, I, I, I think when we think of the Old Testament, it's chocked full of messianic prophecies about Jesus' coming. We saw that this summer when we were in the Psalms, didn't we? How many times it talked about Jesus' coming, the things of his first coming and even of his second coming. You read in the major prophets, the minor prophets, you read through it, and even in Deuteronomy and other places where everything is pointing to Jesus coming, coming to this earth, leaving heaven, becoming a babe, God and man, fully God, fully man, coming here to die for us. And that's amazing to think about that God did that. And so scholars and theologians will tell you Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53 are like the Mount Everest of Messianic prophecies. In fact, there are many Jewish people who have come to faith in the Messiah and believed in Jesus through reading Isaiah 53 and 52 because it speaks to them in volumes about, and, and the eyes are open when they understand that Jesus was the suffering servant who gave his life, who died. And, and he did that for us. So I got three, uh, three points to my message. But I want to give you just a little bit of background here on verse 6. It's a transition verse because it says, but. And what's before that is the fact that Isaiah is prophesying and telling in the future this is going to happen. You're going to be carried away in captivity. Things are going to be really tough. It's not going to be peace on earth for you during this time and this period of your life. It's going to be tough. But he tells them in this, and he has this but right in the middle of it. He says, I will reveal my name to my people, and they will come to know its power and recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. Man, that's my heart prayer for you right now, that you would come to know his name, that you come to know Jesus, and you come to know what it means to have a relationship with him and be right with him. And I would, lie, I would pray that you could find peace this Christmas, the peace with God. And not only the peace with God, but for every believer here, that you would also find the peace of God in your life. And you'd be able to draw from him, because the closer you get to the Prince of Peace, the more you're going to know peace. There's an old adage that says, and we'll spell it out for you, N-O, Jesus, N-O, peace. K-N-O, Jesus, K-N-O, Peace. And what that says is if you got Jesus, you got peace. Even when things are swirling around you, and it's kind of like a hurricane that has an eye of a storm, and it's all calm in the inside, and you can be like Jesus, and you can sleep on the boat when there's a storm going on, and you can realize that, hey, you're safe in God's hands, and he's taking care of you, even though everything around me is saying otherwise, because he's given us. And this is what this beautiful passage reminds us of. Again, this is prophecy. And there's three points here. There's a messenger, there's a message, and there's a mission. 
The first is there's a messenger. The messenger. And we see here, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The good news, the good news that God, the God of Israel reigns. Now, I think there's a kid's movie called Happy Feet, you know, with the penguins, you know, happy feet. Well, as Christians, we have beautiful feet. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful to know? That God has told us we have beautiful feet. But if we're not sharing the good news, if we're not being the messenger that God has called us to be, I don't know if our feet are beautiful, are they? Because they're beautiful feet because they're on the mountains and they're going and going to share the good news. And in the Christmas story, we all know this, we love this part, when the angels appear and they're saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, good, goodwill. And the angel appears to Mary. We see the angel appear to Joseph. The angels appear everywhere. Gabriel appears and, and they appear to, to people. And throughout the Bible, you see how angels do that. The word angel means messenger. Now, I want to make something really clear. I'm going to do a little side trail here just for a second. I've heard a lot of people say this, and they say it, it's pretty popular. to say, well, when somebody died, they become an angel, and they've got their wings now. That's not biblical. That's not according to Scripture. According to Scripture, when you're born again, when you receive Jesus Christ, and you receive the peace that only He can give, you become a child of God, and your, your salvation, your everlasting life, starts at that one moment when you were born again, and it just goes all the way. When you die, you're just transitioning. You're transitioning from a land and a place where there's no peace, where there's turmoil, but you have peace in the midst of that storm, and you're going to the next place in heaven to be with him. In fact, John 14, what they refer to in the reading today, reminds us that he's given us peace and he's preparing a place for us. But they're messengers. Angels were messengers. And they had a message to do. And they went by the direction of God, and what God told them to do, they would go do it. Now, we understand that angels protect. We know that angels protect us. We entertain angels unaware when we minister to somebody and there's somebody in need and we do something good to help them. We may be encountering, there may be an angel sitting in here today that we're not even aware of. Angels unaware, they're all around us. And it's just they're, at, they're under God's command and they're doing what God wants them to do. And they're messengers. But Isaiah is telling us that we're messengers too. We're messengers. And Paul, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6 about the armor of God, the helmet, the belt, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the sword of the spirit, the, the shield of faith, and, and all the parts and components of the, of the armor of God. And there's one I'm leaving out. Do you know which one I left out? The shoes for the gospel of peace. Put on the gospel shoes. Put on the shoes that make you fit and ready to run with the message that God has given us to share the gospel. And what better time, other than Easter, for us to take the opportunity to talk to somebody about the message of the gospel and what the gospel's all about. Peace and salvation. Feet imply action and movement and activity and motion. And we've got to be about going to compel people to come in to receive Christ. We've got to be on mission like the lady we saw in the video. And, and it's, it's amazing to think about how that, that we have the, we have the mess, message and we're called to be messengers. Now how they receive it or not, that's not up to us. Our responsibility is witness for Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leave the results up to God. 
We share the message. Whether they receive it or reject it, that's up to them. And that's God's work in their life. But God has called us to that. But I love this. If you don't realize the truth that you see in the, in the last part of the verse where it says, the God of Israel reigns, there's not going to be peace for you. And what that literally means is God is in control. If you know God is in control and you keep telling yourself and reminding you of yourself of that truth of that, that God is in control, there's not anything you can't go through, whether health, financial, relational, whatever in your life emotionally you're going through. If you know the Lord is in control, you have a rock to stand on. You have a sure hope in that. And, that's, and we're messengers with that message. The message is seen in the last half of the verse where it says, it's good news, good news. I saw a preacher one time, he said, I like to do this when, uh, when I hear preachers on, on video. I like to turn off the sound and watch their movement. And sometimes if you, if you do that, you might be wondering, is that message really a message of good news? <laughs> because of the way they're <laughs> carrying on, you know, and, and move, their movement's saying something else. But there is you know the old adage, I got good news, I got bad news. Which do you want first? You know, you've heard that before. And, and I heard the expression, well, don't shoot the messenger, okay, because it's the message. But the idea here is there is bad news. And the bad news is that we are in the sinful condition because of Adam's sin. And we live in a messed up world, a broken world. We live in a world where there's not shalom, where there's not wholeness, where there's not well-being in, in individuals. And, and in the world in general. But when a person comes to Christ, that shalom, that shalom comes into their life. And, their, and Jesus is the one who transforms them. And so the bad news is we are in trouble and we are headed for hell without Jesus Christ. It's the only just thing that he can do. And just as we read in John chapter 3, verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The next verse is one we often forget, and you guys read it today. For God did not send his son into the world, verse 17, to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That's the good news and the bad news. The good news, the bad news for the wages of sin is death. But the good news is this, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, we, we were dead in our sins and trespasses, Ephesians 2 says. But the good news is, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's the message of the gospel. It's good news. That's why the shepherds could run in haste as messengers and go tell it on a mountain. You know, they, they went to go see the baby Jesus. They were messengers and they had a message now. And we have a message that God's in control. And we have a message that he knows what he's doing. And you can trust him. The message, very carefully, is about making sure that we get the gospel right. What is the gospel? What is the good news? How, how would you describe that? The good news is that we need to repent, turn from our sins, and believe in Jesus Christ. There's two elements to salvation in that way. And, and God is at work in both of those, and man has a responsibility to receive it as well. Two things that go into play. But it's repentance and it's faith. Repentance and faith. 
And so as we look at the Gospels and we think about the good news, we have that message to give. And it is, it is good news. And it brings peace. And then we have a mission. We have a mission. In verses 8 through 10, we see this mission. We saw it in the first verse. In verses 8 through 10, we see the watchmen. The watchmen were the ones who stood on the wall. They watched for the enemies to come. It, it, it will. This is future predicting from Isaiah. This is going to happen, and it did happen. The watchmen shout and sing with joy, for before their very eyes they see the Lord returning to Jerusalem. They let the ruins of Jerusalem break into joyful song, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has demonstrated his holy power before the eyes of all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the victory of our God. Do you know what this, this, I love this phrase in this verse, verse number nine. The Lord has demonstrated his holy power. That literally means the Lord has rolled up his sleeves. That's an idiom. And it means he's made bare his arm. Now, I don't have some muscles like some of you guys in here, especially F3 guys. But there is the Lord he is strong, and he has bared his arm, and he is going to do what he promised and what he would perform. But he has given us a mission, and all of us are on mission with Christ that know him. And you're, you've got a message, and the message is the good news of the gospel. And you are a messenger. You have been called to, mess, to be a messenger for him. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21 says that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, that we're pleading, we're, we're beseeching people to come to Christ. We're standing in the gap. We're like that, we're like that one calling, Here, here's the hope, here's the, here's, what, here's the peace that you can have in Christ. And that's why, that's why he's given us that ministry of reconciliation, and he called us ambassadors. Not only do we announce the message that has come like the angels announce it, we also are ambassadors. We're representing God here. We're representing uh, Christ. We're representing uh, the, the hope of the gospel is walking with you and I as we go to our schools, our homes, our workplaces. People are, do they see Jesus in us? I think would be a great question to ask. Do they see the peace of Christ in us as we walk and we move? But when I, got, when I see the word here, to all the ends of the earth, you see it in the last verse, the victory of our God, all the ends of the earth. What does that make you think of? You know your Bible? You're going you're gonna to go right to it. Do you know Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before Jesus ascended, what he said to his disciples? He said, you shall receive power from on high. You will see power and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and finish it. Say it louder. To the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. Don't just say that missions was something only Jesus talked about, but we see it throughout the whole Bible. We see it with Abraham. When God called Abraham, what did he call him to be? Blessing to who? The nations. God's heart's always been for the nations. When God called Joshua to cross uh, with Moses, when God called Moses, what were they to be? They were to be a witness to all the nations and how God delivered them. They, they were to stand, they were to be holy and set apart from the nations. That's the, that's the mission. The mission we see in Joshua as well. When they, when they crossed the River Jordan and went across there with the ark and they walked across on dry land, they 
that says there in that passage that all, that all might know that the Lord is God. It was everything God is doing is pointing back to the fact that he is the only hope, that he is the only way, that he is the source of joy. He's the source of hope. He is the source of, of, of peace, and it can be had today. And I love that because notice how many times in this passage with the word, the word, the mission, we see the word joy. It's mentioned there three times, and I say it's implied with the word victory. There is joy in serving the Lord. There is joy on being mission. You want to talk to somebody that's miserable as a Christian, they're not walking according to God's will and they're not walking in in the mission that he's called them. But when you find your purpose and your meaning for life and what God has called you to do, there is is nothing like it. I mean, I I get to do as as my, in my work, as I serve the Lord through the North American Mission Board, I get to do something that that I, I just am amazed I get paid to do what I get to do. And I just love being able to serve pastors and churches and help them be on mission with the Lord. And so we have a a messenger. We are messengers. We have a message. And we have a mission. Uh, You've heard a lot of talk about Lottie Moon and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And it's very important to help support those missionaries that serve overseas. And Lottie Moon was a missionary, a pioneer missionary to China. And she gave everything she could to, to serve. And actually, she, she starved to death on, the, on coming back on the, from the field. She didn't make it because she was always giving the gospel to people. And she came in there and loved, loved the folks and, and gave, her, gave her whole being to see the peace of God come into their life. And I know that not everybody's called to be a Lottie Moon, but I think some people are called to be a Lottie Moon. And I think some people are not answering that call. And this passage that we're in today is referred to by Paul in Romans chapter 10. And in Romans chapter 10, Paul talks about how shall they hear without a preacher? How will they go unless they've been sent? And then he also talks, that's, that's the messenger, they've been sent. And then he also talks about how beautiful the feet. He quotes directly from this, this, this verse in Isaiah. He quotes directly and says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And it's a published piece, it's a proclaiming of peace that we're bringing to the world. How beautiful are the feet. And also in Romans 10, it says this, very, very loud and very plain. This is the message that we preach to you. That if you believe in your heart that God has raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that you will have salvation. And it says in that same chapter that, Whosoever calls on the Lord shall be saved. And that's how you have peace with God. And that's the message we get to bring. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about the message that Jesus died and he, and he rose again. And according to the scriptures, and that's the message that we have. And you put it in a nutshell, it's all about the cross, the burial, and the resurrection. And that's the message we have to give to people. So when you see Jesus as the baby in all the manger scenes and all the nativity sets that you see around And you think of baby Jesus. He was born to die. That was his purpose, to come and take the place for our sin. He was the sacrifice because he never sinned. He never thought of anything wrong. He never did anything wrong. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And therefore, he could be the second Adam and make the sacrifice for you and I and give his life. That's the good news, folks. That's the good news. Jesus is alive. He lives in us. 
and he's given us peace. And you know, I think about, uh, we, we went down to Branson for a little quick getaway, my wife and I, and I saw all the horses, you know, we went to the, Dix, the, the stampede, Dolly Parton stampede, and we were walking by and saw all those horses, and they're just so majestic and so pretty, and, their eye, and it's like they can almost talk to you. And, and I, I have a, a book that I really like. It's called Soul Whisperer. You know, you've heard of horse whispers and they, guys that can just talk to horses and get them to do what they, they need to do. We all need to become soul whisperers to where we can ask the right questions. We can be sensitive and attuned to the people we're sharing the gospel with and help them to know who Jesus is and know the life that he, only he can give. And we need to ask the right questions. We don't deal with every situation the same way, but we share the gospel as like a soul whisperer, helping them to know Christ. So no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, you're going to know peace. I want you to hear this song, sung by New Song, a group, and before, as, as a way to close this message. And I want you to think of Longfellow who wrote the lyrics to this, and and hear the message for you in your Christmas situation where you're at today and know that the Lord of Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, is going to be with you, walk with you. And we consequently now are messengers and we have a message and we have a mission. And my prayer is that you'll be on mission as you give, go, and pray and ask the Lord to help you to do what he's called you to do. So let's listen to this song.